Edgy T-Saw, episode 345. Oh, wait. 24? 25? I think it's 24. 25. Error correction. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show again. Um, we're back to getting these out on time and to the right places and all that stuff. So uh, welcome to Edgy T-Saw episode number actually 25. Wow. That's, that, that's a milestone right I there. Know it, I know it. Quarter, quarter century mark. That's pretty impressive. When you turn 25, you can... Um, do everything you could, could do, do at, at 24. 24. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm Scott. And I am Scott Duarte on this side, Chanel on that side. Welcome back. Glad you can uh, join us, yes. as always. Yeah, we have an interesting show lined up for you today. Uh, we're talking about error correction, about uh, not your errors, the students' errors, and uh, correcting them. <laughs> Hence the error correction. I got garbage in my eyes, but you can't see that because this is radio. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, but once you tell them about it, you know, it's good. News. Still haven't got that level right. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Who wants to go first for news? Um, I will. You will. Okay. I will give a shout out to all my homies back at Teachers College. Um, I just put um, a flyer and little info on the TC listserv. So any of you alums or uh, current grad students in the TSOL program listening, uh, welcome to our podcast. Yes, <laughs> what? Japanese for welcome to my sushi shop. <laughs> sort of. Actually, it's welcome to the shop, but okay. you hear it most often in the sushi shops. So. Ah, that's what they're yelling at me. I thought they were saying basically gaijin go home. You, they were saying, you, dude, with the beardy thing, <laughs> get out. All right. So welcome. And um, yeah. yes, the rest of the po podcast is as bad as this little intro skit. We're wonderful. What are you talking about? <laughs> Roses, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Roses. <laughs> Right. So what you got? So my news is actually actually a piece of ser fairly serious news. Not that the TC stuff isn't serious. They're, welcome to the show. Enjoy your stay. Um, <laughs> no, my, my news is a little bit uh, bigger than just us. Um, Global? Uh, well, American, American? North American? American. U.S. But uh, possibly ramifications for everybody else. Um, as you may or may not have heard. We're saving the world. No, that's, that's different. <laughs> I'm sorry. News. Okay. Continue. Um, this, one's, this one's fairly serious. And okay. it's actually good news. Um, this last week, the uh, Librarian of Congress put out exemptions for the copyright law. And uh, a couple of exemptions uh, were very interesting. Uh, let me hit the ones that don't affect us as much first. Uh, computer programs 
So basic uh, number three is the computer programs that have a dongle or a little thing that you plug in to be able to use the program. If the manufacturer doesn't make it anymore, you can crack the program so that you don't need the dongle anymore. Like what? Like uh, Adobe right now makes uh, a capture program that you have to have a, a little USB key to use. Okay. Um, if Adobe decides not to support that anymore, then you can have that program cracked so that you don't need that thing to fix it. Would that also it. fly under if you need to stick the CD into the computer? To yes. Okay. I believe so. I, I Actually, I'm not sure because the CD doesn't qualify as a dongle. Dongle is usually something that is plugged in. Don't I just think there. of dongleberries. Yeah, yeah, yeah those are, that's different. Um, let's see. Um, the uh, there's some stuff about ebooks that uh, doesn't really concern us. Another big one is uh, computer games uh, that are no longer supported. So, like, if you have a ColecoVision game that you really, really loved way back in the day, and you want to use it in class, and you, well, no, 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 this is this is outside of class. We're getting to the classroom. Oh, okay, it's okay. coming. Um, but if you have a, a ROM, uh, if you have the actual cartridge and then you have a ROM on your computer, it is now legal to play the ROM. And before it was not, or it was gray. Um, the big thing, and I'll just skip all the rest of this stuff because it's uh, not as exciting. Can I ask what a ROM is? A ROM is a, basically it's a program, uh, a little file that has all of the instructions that were originally in the motherboard and the IC circuit that you plugged in as the cartridge. And uh, there are emulators where you can play that on your computer instead. Okay. So it, that's exciting for those old school geeks who like the Galaga. <laughs> anyway. bring back all the atari exactly well yeah and uh, you know things like the old atari 2600 systems and uh in television if anybody out there even knows what an odyssey 2 is I um, remember those. those those are the kind of games if because they're not supported anymore there's no way to get if your stuff breaks there's no way to get anybody to fix it right so now it's legal to be able to play it uh, the big news is, let me actually read, audiovisual works included in the educational library of a college or university's film or media studies department when circumvention is accomplished for the purpose of making compilations of portions of those works for educational use in the classroom by media stu studies or film professors. Now, does this include English teachers? Um, I don't know, but I would read it Basically, what it says is you can take clips out of movies and use them in the classroom. You can rip them off you the DVD. You can rip them off the DVD, which you could not do before. Um, every time you saw a teacher do that, it was technically illegal. Um, now we have the exemption to do it. They stipulate, though, that it says film or media studies department. So I don't know if a media if a conversation class could be considered media studies if you stretched it right i think it could right um but the door is open but the door is open so um uh it was very exciting this is all from the uh, www.copyright.gov website it's the official government website uh please check out more information um about that but it is exciting that there's finally some acknowledgement of um educational use in the classroom that's been codified right for better or worse well um go back to the ebooks because that can because i i use ebooks in class oh well then so. maybe this does affect you. um literary works distribute okay 
you will not be subject to prohibit prohib, prohibition. <laughs> I talk good against circumventing access controls for the next three years. This is a three-year stipulation for literary works distributed in ebook format when all existing ebook editions of the work contain access controls that prevent enabling of either the book's read out loud function or of a screen reader that renders text into specialized format. So this lets you get around the format for like books that can be read text to speech. Okay. So it lets you circumvent the copy protection for that purpose. Uh, would it qualify in a classroom? I would say yes, because I'm a teacher and that's what I want. <laughs> um, but is that actual, will you go to court for that? Mm, probably yes, because that's what they want. could you? Yeah. Could you go to court? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so some exciting stuff on the copyright front. So I wanted to. Thank you. Good news. That That is good news. Yes. Everybody's happy. I can get my ROM out and dongle you, free. <laughs> my... I didn't know what a ROM was. I have ago. no clue. All right. All right. Now, before we get into the main uh... meat of our show. Yep. My my email is scott at edgycation dot org. And mine is S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E at education.org. All lowercase, all one word. Yep. Please stop on by. Send us an email. Uh, sign up for the forums. Vote Register, in the poll. Register, log, log in. Yep. All of that good stuff. So. And, and don't be deterred if you see zero users on and zero guests. Because, well, if you're up. in the U.S., then we're on basically opposite time zone, yep. or opposite... World. Yes. <laughs> Hem not hemisphere. Yeah, hemisphere. Opposite, Date we're on lines. the other hemisphere. We're still northern hemisphere. Yeah, but there's another hemisphere the other way, because I made it that way. <laughs> Good thing we don't teach geography. But we're on the opposite side of the world. Yes. And so... Uh, 13, 14, 15 hour difference from right now. Yeah, 14 from hours Houston. from oh, from Houston. Yeah, more. No, it's 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 three hours back, so okay. 15. Whatever. So yeah, <laughs> we'll be on when you're sleeping, and you'll be on when we're sleeping. But that doesn't mean that you can't post to the forum. To the forums, you can't take the polls. Yep. All that good stuff. Drop your two cents in, please. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Cool. I need two cents. Moving on. Yep, yeah, moving on. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's correct that error. <laughs> uh, error correction. Well, well, um, let's just um, acknowledge and where we're taking this from. Yes. We are using um, basically a chapter out of Teach English, a training course for teachers by Adrian Doff, uh, the teacher's handbook and or workbook. Yeah, the workbook too, and I can't seem to figure out where. Pile of stuff that I dropped on the floor. Okay. So for those of you out in the audience um, who have the book, it's right under the folder. Yep. You can turn to page 186 and follow along. That's for the teachers part. The uh, the workbook part, the stuff that we actually they actually do in class is a uh, page 82. <laughs> Though no one's gonna have this offhand if they have it. They should. It's actually it's actually a good series. Uh, not a series, but it's a good set of books. 
and yeah. and don't be friend we're not going page by page we're not see i just chucked the book down um we're, we're talking about the basic ideas but yeah. we want to give credit where credit is due yep so check it out who's the publisher on that cambridge 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 so um give us money cambridge yeah. cambridge press plug <laughs> plug um okay on the on to the serious part okay um what is it it's correcting errors yes Students make mistakes. When do you? When should you correct it? When should you not? Uh, how do you approach it? What's the best way? What's the worst way? Are you stupid? Uh, I probably wouldn't fly. Really? In class. What about the stick that I have that says error corrector? That's the Japanese and the Korean teacher way of doing <laughs> yeah. it. Um, first of all, well, let's just talk about how you or how much do you error correct in class in class um so okay let me narrow us down a little further okay. are we talking about speech or writing speech um unless it is almost completely un incomprehensible mm -hmm. i generally don't um i may give them a quizzical look on occasion and you know i guess i do um and but I don't. It's it's more subtle clues. If they don't correct it, I don't stick on it generally. Right. Um. Yeah. So not not so often. Right. In class. Yeah. It it all depends on the scene. If we are just doing kind of discussion, uh, open discussion, then no, I I don't correct it at all. But um, I'm just thinking about our reading book. They have exercises and. Part of the exercises are to reading the context, put it in past tense or present tense, negative or affirmative. Uh, see, now that's in a, in an exercise context, and I don't do a lot of exercise stuff. I most of the things that I do are free discussion or state your opinion. Right. And so um, there's not really a lot of right answer situations mm -hmm. in the way I run my classes at this point. Okay. Um, I mean, sometimes there are, but, um, and so there isn't like, I mean, I very rarely do, okay, today we're going to work on, uh, prepositional phrases, you know, on the table, under the table, right, right, right. By the table, hit by the table. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, and so for me, I'm looking at the language in a bigger sense. And so my focus is more along the lines of fluency and understandability. Were you able to communicate your issue? And as long as you're able to communicate the issue, I'm not going to give you crap about, well, I'm not going to give you a lot of crap about was that the right plural form right? or the right past tense form. But I might, you know, I don't know. I might, I might, if it's egregious, absolutely. But I'll be like, eh, try this one. What's the past tense of that? You know, some right. one of those things. Yeah, I mean... It, it definitely is different whether it's book work or not yeah. and whether the book is catering to that or not. Um, when we're just doing discussion, like I said, the only thing I, I correct because it drives me crazy is um, the Japanese do. But do, do and oh, do. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's a marker, but it, it there should be no reason why it should come into the English form. Beca well, the the way that works is, and at least as I can follow it, 
the the line in the in the syllabary because Japanese works on a syllabary, and so every consonant is married to a vowel with the exception of the consonant n. Mm. I don't know if that came through. <laughs> um, and so anytime you have a T, you have to have a vowel behind it, and the vowel with the least value mm-hmm. in the T in the T row is O. And so they use that because. It's interesting if you listen to somebody say a Japanese person, particularly from the Kansai area, say the word Kyoto, the name of the city. Mm-hmm. Many times they'll say Kyoto, and they'll drop the O. I'm like, huh? Where? <laughs> and so um, it comes from that because Kyoto and Kyoto for them have the same value. Right. And so it comes across back with and. So ando. Bato, um, scatto. Right, right. But so, though I still take a stick to him yeah, get for him. that. Get for yeah, that. Everybody got to have their pet peeve, and that's a fine one to have. <laughs> but in the same breath, I won't do that to the lower speakers. Mm-hmm. I'll let them get away with it more. It's the, the more advanced, more higher intermediate speakers who I get on their case for. Yeah. I think... Um, for me, that that line is important um, because uh, I kind of have a, a thing for the whole affective deal, and uh, I really want them to start to enjoy the language again. Mm-hmm. And I know that I always feel frustrated or discouraged or whatever if somebody corrects me every third word. And so rather than worrying about a lot of those details, I'm trying, particularly when I'm teaching first year, second year, for more first year than anybody else, um, those students, I really want to focus on, oh, yeah, you know, get them back to the idea of, oh, yeah, this can be a good time. Right. Because the four years or three years they had in high school wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, just trying to reignite that fire. Uh, I let slide a lot of things that I wouldn't normally uh-huh. generally want to let slide. What about teaching in... I'm, I'm thinking of a particular case here. When I was teaching in Korea, I also had... I was at the university, but they also had us teach some university institute classes. Okay. And I had the highest level, and I would have this uh, doctor, mm. and... His English was just fabulous, mm. but he was like, "No, I want you to correct me every single time I make a mistake." Right, right. Uh, and your question to me was, uh, "What would you do? Would, would you do? accommodate him, or would you?" I would accommodate him to the point where he was happy. Right. Um, I, I'd, I'd ride him enough to where he felt that I was maybe catching everything and then occasionally would do a little less and then occasionally maybe do a little bit more. But would I honestly hit him for everything? No, because it just get in the way. Yeah, that that's basically... Is that how you took it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, you make them happy. You point out some of the things, but... Right. Well, and I've had this conversation a couple times with a lot of students for pronunciation because, like with your pet peeve, in when you're living in the foreign country, you have all kinds of opportunities to knit and pick at uh, at pronunciation yeah. issues, <laughs> you know, a broad variety of them. But what I've been telling my students 
a lot, it seems, lately in the last week, is get yourself to a point where you are comfortable and then quit worrying about it. Right. If your V is always the Japanese we, and that's actually fairly close to the way they say it, so um, then it's you. Love it. <laughs> Own it. Be it. You know, if you want to, as long as you are understandable right. to somebody else, and as long as you are able to get your point across, you know, find yourself a comfortable level. If you're not comfortable with it anymore, all right, then you're going to have to put on some headphones and decide how much work am I going to do to correct my pronunciation. Right. Um, what I've generally found is people are not willing to do that. They want me as the teacher to correct their pronunciation, but unless they decide to sit and listen to themselves, I can tell them where to put their tongue all day. <laughs> And it's not going to do them any good. Don't go there. <laughs> Very true. They're not going to learn it until they want to learn it. Right. And um, I, I'll correct it when I'm thinking that the P and the F uh, in Korea, mm. it's pretty big, um, or the L and the R, when it starts changing the words. Right, yeah. When it, when it comes – well, and that falls back to is it impeding – Communication. If it's right. impeding communication, so I love mass. All right. Well, do you love E equals MC squared mass, or do you like the one plus one is two mass? <laughs> you know, or you know what? Or you like going to church? Yeah. Or do you like going to church? So, yeah. In that kind of situations, there is a clarification that's necessary, and that needs a little bit of work. So that if nothing else. <laughs> you teach them to build more context around what it is that you like <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, you know, be able to go from there. Is it a pronunciation issue? Should I correct it more? Um, with my philosophy? Uh, with my, your philosophy? Yeah. That. Um, I, my current issue is no, not so much. If, they're, if, they're, if they want to work on it, cool. I'll give them all kinds of exercises and say, practice this 10 minutes before you go to bed every night. Look yourself in the mirror, stare holes into the back of your head. Right. And uh, but you have to listen to yourself. If you're not willing to listen to yourself and listen to others, then you're never going to get the pronunciation right. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I True. can't reach in your mouth and move your tongue. That'd be so know. cool. Just grab it and <laughs> super glue it to where it's supposed to be. That's right. So is that it for verbal error correction? Um, pretty much. Well. Remember, we're we're teaching um, <coughs> higher level students. Right. Um, back in high school or in institutes, it might be a little different because the the books that you're using are catering to specific um, grammar patterns. Yes. Or pronunciation. Right. And and there's nothing wrong with a beginner or a false beginner class. Doing repetitive chorus pronunciation, listen and repeat stuff for a while. I mean, don't bore them to death. Right. I mean, it'd be nice. Um, but, you know, occasionally that, you know, people need to be reminded, okay, you need to listen to yourself. Now listen to yourself and all right, let, now let's repeat. Now listen to me. Now listen to you. Now listen to me. Now listen to you. See if you can get them to match. If you're... Okay, well, let's say um, someone's not like us, and they okay. like to correct them. Okay. Then what's the best way 
of correcting, uh, doing error correction. Mm. Um, for verbal situations. Yes. Uh, okay. When I do it, let me go at it from this angle. Okay. When I do it, what I will do is usually I will repeat the same thing that the student said with a question intonation. And, uh, I, I going to school, I going to school, I going to school. Are you sure? <laughs> and so I'll ask him like that, you know, because it, it does, it, it's, it's not a no. And you, sh I believe that you should not use no with anybody. Um, I, again, it's cause I live in the affective world. Um, but you can call him stupid. Uh, are you stupid? <laughs> no, I don't. It doesn't fit right. It doesn't feel right. Um, but yeah, I, I go for a very much softer approach, and I generally do my best to not tell them even what's wrong. I let them puzzle it out, or let their friends help them a little bit. Get those cognitive juices flowing yeah. to try to fix their own. Yeah, yeah, because if because again, it, it helps to spawn the idea of you are fixing what's wrong with you. You need to be able to identify, oh, I made a mistake in this area or whatever, because I'm not always going to be in your back pocket. Uh-huh. And they need to be able to at least, you know, have the idea of what to do with that. So, yeah, I generally, are you, are, you are going to school? You you going to school? And, and I would say that 75 to 80% of the students they, they they do know it and they'll right. self-correct. Well, that's that's the other half of it is most of the time it's something that we just beat the hell out of for 20 minutes the day before or the week before. And so it's there, I know, because they all produced exactly what I wanted previously. If it's something new, either I'll ignore it or um, I'll use that as the step off to the next right. lesson. How about you? Um. It all depends. I'll do the question form. Okay. Um, if they're a lower level student, and I know that they're in the 20 percent, 20 to 30 percent that still won't be able to puzzle out what's oh, wrong, right. okay. I'll either um, say, "Okay, good job," um, or I'll say, "You're almost perfect," mm -hmm. and give them an affirmative answer, okay. uh, boost up their ego. Mm -hmm. I still won't tell them what's wrong. I'll maybe move on, ask a similar question to another student, mm -hmm. and have them answer it correctly. Mm -hmm. And usually, whenever I'm doing these things, the students will answer, and I always repeat it to the class, because I always know that my voice is loud enough for everyone to hear. Right, right. Um, and I'll say, great, uh, Jin's answer was blah, 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 I blah. I am going to school. Right. Right. And then I'll go back to... The other student who messed up and say, "Okay, let's let's try it again. Okay, or let's do it one more time. Cool. Get it a hundred percent perfect." I, as I, as you were telling that story, I was thinking about it, and I got to be honest. Yeah, sometimes I do use no. Um, you, I'm, nah, I can't I'm say evil. that yeah, word. I, no, don't say that word. Um, no, I, sometimes I do, but generally, the way by the time I get to that point, it's set up to be kind of okay. Let's see if we can get the teacher to say yes. Mm -hmm. sort of a thing it's it's more of a fun it's not no you moron not nothing nothing like that it's not a derogative no be like, no 
No, <laughs> no, no, no. And you, know, you choose each of the students and no. And so it gives the, it still is a, it's a negative, but it's in a positive frame. Right. So or at least I generally try to put it in a positive frame. And usually I'll break, I'll break that out because I do that also, mm -hmm. but I'll break that out after the students know my personality. Right, right. Yeah, no, I can't. And that there's a comfort zone between you or with you and your students. Right. Yeah. They can tell, that way they can tell that you're not angry. Exactly. Yeah. Cause, cause correcting somebody when you're angry, hmm, generally not a good idea. Look at, uh, uh other people. <laughs> you want to stay I apolitical? I, I, at this point, yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what about writing? Ah, good question. Um, writing it for me is writing poses a big problem. It it all depends if it's in the formal genre, the academic genre, or if it's informal writing. Uh, I go a lot easier when it's informal. If we're just if it's uh, what is informal writing for you? Letter writing to friends, emailing, okay. um, even to some extent blogging, mm -hmm. things to that extent. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say extent one more time just to okay. say it. Cool. And <laughs> uh -huh. I just lost my train of thought there. Blogging. Um, informal. Whereas formal is more um, paragraphs. Paragraphs uh, and essays. Paragraphs, essays, business letters, things okay. to that extent. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't remember the last time I taught letter writing. Uh, well, this is this is in a four skills. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, institute style. English yeah. to all freshmen type things. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, because I mean, the, the vast majority, at least lately, of what I've done has been paragraph writing and essays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to kind of narrow us to that a little bit. That's fine with me. Um, informal stuff is informal. So, you know, there's a couple of extras. If you're really curious, please uh, drop me an email, scott at education.com or org. Org. Dot org. There's nothing at education. <laughs> Some punk who poached my... <laughs> anyway, but I'm not bitter. Um, but they don't have a cool theme song. That's right. They don't. Thanks, Mark. Um, see, because I said... Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yes. Anyway. Uh, what was I saying? See, that totally blew me. Uh, writing. Writing. Paragraph Formal. writing. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you do? How many drafts do you take for an essay? Say a standard, typical essay. How many drafts do you take? Uh, do you correct the drafts? Do you read the drafts? Do you take the drafts in and then hand them back out? Do you have a student? Do you do peer correction with it? Um, what I what I have been doing, and this is my um mid to high-level students. Okay. Um, what they'll do is they will write their draft. I'll set a, a definite deadline for them. They'll bring it in typed, and then I'll say, okay, um, sit in groups of three or four. You have to have two other people, right. um, readers, look for these two grammar points and check for topic sentences, good topic sentences, good stated thesis, because that's what I want them to do, right. um, and so forth. And then... From there, they'll have a week to uh, retype it, redo it, and bring it, turn it in to class. Okay. Now, I s tell them, and I do it this way because I have 75 students, writing students. Right. Um, I say, my door is open. Uh, whoever wants to come into my office 
we will work one on one and look at your paper. Okay. Okay. But so, I don't want to take it in, uh, check it, and then give it back, and then have to take it back again. Right. So. Yeah, I I made a kind of a beginning teacher mistake when I first got here. Um, I uh, took the papers in several times, and so um, I'm trying not to look. Uh, I took the papers in several times, and it it ended up that I was getting my own paper. By the time I ended yeah. up doing the corrections, I was um, I was reading 75 pages of stuff that I had basically written. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those days. Pause. <laughs> okay, now that we're refocused. Sorry yes. about that. Um, so what I was doing was I was getting... Turning, having the students turn the papers in, I was correcting it. They would fix the corrections exactly as I gave them to them, and so I would have 75 pages of my own essay. Which when you were correcting, were how how detailed were the corrections? I was way detailed. I was fixing every little possible thing. Were you just showing them where something should be? Like if they don't have their articles, I'll put a little um, rooftop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I won't write the articles. No, in. this was my first year. I was doing okay. everything. I was writing. I was writing everything in a's and does and and rewording full sentences and and uh, you know changing word orders and and substituting nouns. I was writing. I was rewriting the paper. Right. Now ask me if it worked. Did it work? Those papers were beautiful. <laughs> the best papers I ever saw. Um, ask me if I do it now. Do you do it now? No way. <laughs> Why not? Um, because I was reading my own papers by the time mm-hmm. I got done, and uh, I don't think the students were getting anything out of it. Um, it was it was a little painful because by the time I was done, you know, I was I was reading everything that I had already I had already read it three times. All right. And I'm like, I know what's coming next because I wrote it, and basically. No, I bet that that first few rounds you were so proud of them. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, and then, and then it was the next year when I started to sit down and think about um, those seventy-five papers coming in, thinking, God, I don't really want to do that. Right. And so now I use about three marks. A little, I use an inverted house, rooftop to drop in mm-hmm. for most of the missing words. Uh, yeah, missing words or articles or whatever. Mm-hmm. I circle stuff and I underline stuff, and occasionally I, I write the word awkward. I do awkward, and that's it. I'll I'll put over um, words if it's a noun, and they need the verb or vice versa or adjective or whatever. I'll say and oh. and to add. Oh okay. Uh, things like that. Yeah. For I'm also teaching fourth year students. Okay. So it's it's billed as an advanced writing class. I walked into the classroom. I'm like, I'm not teaching you how to write. That's not what this class is about. This class is about polishing your writing. And so we go way guide on the side. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do any, I don't lecture. I go in, the, they choose their topics. They choose a, an overall topic for the semester. Okay. And so, yeah, it's a different ballgame. Well, then going on the questions that you asked me, how many drafts do you have, uh, peer editing? They do peer editing. They, they bring in stuff for peer editing every week. Um, I run a three-week cycle on the due dates. On mm-hmm. it, so they turn a paper in one the first week. The next week they have to um, 
bring a proposal and uh, I return their papers from the previous, from the one that they turned in. Um, the week after that is um, the week after that is uh, peer review, focus peer review, and uh, rough draft. So they they're supposed to bring in a rough draft and share it around the class, have at least three or four people read it. Uh -huh. The third week um, is the turn in day, but I, the way I'm using Moodle, so my submit time is uh, five minutes midnight. Okay. So we use the class as basically a second rough draft uh -huh. polish period. So I go through and I circle stuff and draw kinds of odd lines on their papers right. and stuff. And, and then they are, of course, helping themselves and rewriting each other's work. And then they have like eight hours after class to turn in, turn in the paper. Right. And it seems to be working all right, but it's a, basically a three-week cycle. How about you? Um, well, like I said, I uh, the students the, the good students will come in and we'll look. And again, I won't. Um, it depends if it's, for example, preposition. Mm -hmm. um, if I know they're just never gonna figure it out, I'll tell them no. It's not in with this. Oh right, right, right. It's it's on in this right, right. case. Um, if it's a a good enough student, I'll just underline it and say okay. So what's this? I students will come by and if I'm not there they'll leave me their paper mm -hmm. and then I just give it back to them the next day saying I don't do homework right right right, right. um you need to be right. in there Good with job. me yeah and um so then I have punctuation just marks that it needs certain punct or that it needs punctuation or it's wrong punctuation mm -hmm. um things like that so it is spelled out a little more for them right but I feel that I'm still um, giving them enough chance to look at their mistakes and say, oh, yeah, I need this. Right, or... right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really try to help them do the self-correction on it. And, you know, after they've struggled with it, I'll give them what I think is best. But, right. Um, they got to struggle with it a little bit and at least come up with some idea because a lot of times their ideas will work fine. Right. Maybe not the best, but, you know, they work all right. It, it all depends. I mean, a lot, I would say 85% of what they're making are just stupid mistakes. Yeah. Well, that they know exactly what to do. They yep. just rush it. Well, and the ones that I really enjoy are where they do it right above, like two lines above. Right. And then they make the mistake, and then they do it right again two lines below. And I'm like, um, just circle it, and if they catch it, then that's great. Otherwise, I'll see it next week. And right. And like look here and look here right and so you know a lot of times they'll uh, pull that up well my um office mate has and i just heard about this and it, it's actually pretty good his students i guess are writing two three page uh papers essays mm -hmm. and so he just looks at the first page um. and corrects it and I, I I don't know if how in detailed or if he just does marks like I do. I think he just mostly does marks. I I have talked to him about that. Jerome is uh, he's got a pretty decent system. He's he gives himself a very strict time limit per paper. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think he does do de fairly detailed corrections, at least as far as identifying this is a problem. Okay. But I don't think he gives them the answers. Right. Okay. And so then he says. When the students, if they come in, it's like, well, here's your first page. Look at what mistakes you're making. Look for those same mistakes on the second and third page. And I think that's a great yeah. uh, way to do it. Yeah. And it it works 
for us as teachers because you're only doing the one page. Right. And odds odds are, you know, the mistakes that they make on the first page are the same mistakes that are going to oh, be yeah. on the side. I mean, generally, there's not a big discrepancy. And so if they can learn to identify, again, learn to identify their own mistakes or the mistakes of their peers or find, you know, common trends, right. hopefully over the course of the year or two years, then they'll be able to be better self-editors right. later on. So, mm. Any others? Any others? Um, nope, nope. It's just uh, the rest of the book. One part, and this is error correction, and this can be error correction in anything from pronunciation uh, to just open-ended questions that they're just way off the mark on. Uh-huh. Um, just remain positive. Yes. Um, I I love, and my students seem to like the, oh, you're you're ninety percent perfect on right, that right, answer, right, right. or you're going you're you're going towards the right answer. It's not there yet. Yep. Uh, try. Think about this and then let them. Um, don't be afraid to give your students like a minute of silence yeah. to let them think about it. Don't automatically just move on to the next student to either help them or because you're just so fed up of it. Yep. Uh, don't worry about that little awkward silence. Yep. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to uh, to have some faith in them and uh, and really. Uh allow them to 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 get there and, and show them that you expect them to to be able to make and, and fix those mistakes right themselves last so. thing i would say um because i love using sarcasm use sarcasm after they get to know you yeah, yeah if you're yeah, gonna yeah. use it if you're gonna use and it. and a lot of place, people don't believe in using sarcasm and that's probably a good idea also yeah um i mean unless it's an actual part of your personality right don't don't develop it because it's not you're better without it yep so with the uh tunes in the background us breaking 42 minutes oh man yeah and uh uh, including the the laugh riot (laughs) email us tell us what you think tell us if you think we're way off the mark uh correct our errors yep because there's uh there's a big field in error correction and a lot of people have a lot of different opinions let's hear yours So come visit us at the forums over at education.org. Take care, everyone. Peace.